this is WTM. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. I ain't drinking up. First, you gotta do the Trump shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W-G-M. Watch this movie. Steve messaged me this morning saying, how about those bears kicking some ass, huh? He's a Bears fan. <laughs> a British Bears fan. What a mark. <laughs> of all the teams, why would he be a Bears fan? I don't know. I think this is because he's old. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he remembers that one year they were really good. <laughs> was that one year? You're talking about the Rex Grossman year, right? Where they went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and then lost by by 40 points. Uh, now Steve's probably doing the Super Bowl shuffle. Mm-hmm. We don't want no trouble. We're just here <laughs> to do the Super Bowl shuffle. <laughs> Welcome back to WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. You're sorry. Check my shorts for Christ's sake. Joining me once again is Mr. Positivity, Brett. Yes. Indeed. We are continuing our horror extravaganza today with Psycho 2. Psycho 2. Came out, what, 22 years after Psycho? Yeah. It's a real gem of a sequel. I wonder if uh, a lot of people even know that it exists. I probably would say that I didn't realize there were sequels to Psycho mm-hmm. until probably a couple of years ago when I watched Psycho 2 and Psycho 3. I always kind of knew there were sequels, but I always just figured they would suck because they're right. a sequel to an Alfred Hitchcock iconic film. They happened know, in the 80s. I'm like, nah. Decades <laughs> after, the, after the fact. I still haven't seen the third one. You have, though. The third one is uh, not as good. It's a little less on the suspense and a little more on the. It's a little more of a like a. I guess it's it's more in the slasher genre mm-hmm. than a suspense movie. Well, I mean, this one is probably more in the slasher genre than the first one is. People kind of point to that as yeah one of the first, if not the first. Yeah. At least American slasher I, film. I will say I, I do like Psycho 2 better than Psycho. But it's probably because by the time I saw Psycho, I, I knew everything that was coming. And I had seen yeah. like all the major scenes already. Mm-hmm. Either clips or parodies or whatnot. So it took me out of it. If I had gone in fresh, I probably would have liked it more. It's not a, it's not <laughs> like a, to go in fresh. <laughs> I mean, it's it's still a good movie, but uh, I think knowing so little about the second one, the first time I watched it, really helped. Yeah, you know, with uh, how much I enjoyed it. You don't see anyone spoofing Psycho Two, no. And it's I guess you could, but it's uh, it's a pretty tight thriller. Yeah, I would say yes. It's a pretty damn good movie and especially good for a sequel the one drawback i think it has is meg tilly 
<laughs> I think she's pretty terrible <laughs> as yeah. an actress. I don't. I didn't have a problem with her. I thought she was okay. I mean, yeah, it's okay but, for like her performance didn't film, take me out of the movie. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know. I I found it a bit distracting at times, but it was more, I guess, laughable. So it, it kind of adds to the enjoyment in, in a sense, but. <laughs> In fact, I thought Anthony Perkins' performance was a little uh, sketchy, um, oh, yeah. but uh, I don't know. I guess that's kind of the character. Yeah. But uh, just the way he talks, it sounds like they ADR'd his voice for most of his lines, but I don't know if they did or not. It's just the, his delivery is kind of uh, unusual compared to mm-hmm. like normal speech. Yeah. I thought he did fine in here, but... I'm not saying it's bad. Yeah. It was just, it didn't seem like supernatural. Mm-hmm. Not supernatural, but like. Super. <laughs> like <adjective>. Natural. <laughs> it, it didn't seem <laughs> extremely natural. Uh, but again, that's, I guess you'd just say that's the character. Yeah. And uh, he's kind of a outcast anyway. So it's, it makes sense for him to be kind of. uh different and revisiting the character after over 20 years it's yeah. a big hiatus paul newman and the hustler there was actually more than 22 years between that and the color of money color of money is 86 and i think the hustler is 1960 okay he won best actor for the color of money but a lot of people attribute that to being more of a career achievement <laughs> oscar although i i love his performance in the color of money and I'd take... have to go back and look at the nominees in 86. It doesn't seem like it was a strong year, but it could be wrong, I guess. I don't know what else came out that year, but I haven't seen either of those movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Nowadays, it's almost uh, commonplace to have a sequel come out 20 plus years after the previous movie. Yeah. This was popular in the 80s. Let's do it. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like Or... You know, not quite 20 years, but there's a lot of, like, 10-year gaps between mm-hmm. movie and sequel these days. Yeah. But, like, Ghostbusters, they're doing a sequel. Now, the reboot, a few years back, didn't really treat the originals as canon. They're kind of its own it was, thing. It was weird, because they had the original actors playing different characters. Yeah. And when they announced this new sequel that is it Jason Reitman that's doing it? I think it's Ivan Reitman's son. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he announced it. I remember, I think Leslie Jones or somebody else said, I couldn't believe that they weren't uh, going to take their reboot as canon. Like, they're not going to include <laughs> us? I'm thinking, you didn't fucking include the originals from the 80s, so I don't want to hear this shit. It's like, did you did you read the reviews? <laughs> well, I think it's still got decent reviews. Well, it's an important movie. <laughs> Yeah, that it is. Um, it's not. Fun. I think I laughed once, maybe twice in that whole. Yeah, movie. I did not care for it. It was, uh, and then like the CGI, and it was just garbage. Yeah, but I don't. I don't see their argument. Like, I don't know why you'd have to include their characters or storyline into this new sequel if they didn't do it in the first place. It doesn't make sense because the, well, yeah, like I said, the actors. Like Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson all came back as different characters in that yeah. that reboot. 
and now they're reprising the original characters. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you can have the women who are the leads in the <laughs> reboot come back as different characters in the new one. Yeah, you know, like you could still put them in there, but you don't necessarily have to pretend like it still exists in that universe. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing a lot of things like that. Although that Halloween sequel, there was plenty of sequels. I guess the last one, I mean, those Rob Zombie ones were reboots. Yeah. But those were, you know, mid to late aughts. And then before that, Resurrection, I think, was 02. Yeah, I'm not sure. But either either way, you know, this the new one kind of did away with all those sequels and it was just a direct sequel to the 78 Halloween, so yeah, 40 years. I was thinking, too, like, Dumb and Dumber, you know, the they ignored the prequel or whatever, but, like, yeah. they went, like, 25 years almost between the mm-hmm. original and the sequel. Yeah. Um, Anchorman went, like, 15 years between, well, not 15, maybe, but like, 10, 10 or 12, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, it seems a lot more common these mm-hmm. days, but... There weren't a ton of sequels back then anyways. You know, there's a handful, but... Yeah, 80s really started, to, I guess, the sequel machine. Yeah. As it's known today. And now everything's a cinematic universe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, back to Psycho 2. I should probably go over the details here. From 1983, directed by Richard Franklin... Did you see who wrote it? Tom Holland. Spider-Man, Spider-Man <laughs> himself. Yeah, what else did we... Uh, we've talked about some other Tom Holland movies. Child's Play, that's right. He wrote Child's Play and uh, Fright Night. Okay. But uh, yeah, the, uh, oh, he also wrote the older th- Tom Holland. He wrote Thinner also. Mm-hmm. That was a meh movie. <laughs> Cast includes... Anthony Perkins as Norman Bates, Vera Miles as Lila Loomis, Meg Tilly as Mary Loomis, Robert Loggia as Dr. Bill Raymond. Gotta love a Robert Loggia <laughs> appearance. Who doesn't? Uh, Dennis Franz as Warren Toomey. Dennis Franz might be the MVP of this cast. I know he doesn't last long enough in here. <laughs> but but he really makes the most of his limited screen time. <laughs> yeah, he kind of does. Uh, Hugh Gillen as Sheriff John Hunt. The, the head sheriff in charge. That he is. <laughs> HSIC. Is that HSIC? <laughs> uh, Claudia Breyer as Mrs. Emma Spool. Robert Allen Brown as Ralph Statler. Lee Garlington as Myrna. I think that's, that's about it. Doesn't have a huge cast. Uh, after 22 years of psychiatric care, Norman Bates attempts to return to a life of solitude, but the specters of his crimes and his mother continue to haunt him. So this starts out like a Friday the 13th movie. You get to recap Psycho 1. And hey. not even the end. They're just like, we're just going to show you one scene. Well, but it's, it's, they add some angles or shots it seems like they use some alternate takes it looked like yeah i wasn't sure if they uh but they probably did Mm -hmm. because then they follow because it's the shower scene yeah and they follow norman bates out of the shower after yeah he's done stabbing Janet Lee. Mm -hmm. so 
Oh, Mrs. Bates. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mrs. Norman Bates. <laughs> so you get your nice recap. Mm-hmm. You get that uh, that one murder that happened, and then uh, we get the credits, and then we flash forward to a uh, courtroom where Norman is uh, being evaluated after his time in the institution. And it's also our first clip. Hey, stating counsel, you're not going to offer any contradictory psychiatric testimony? Yes, Your Honor. On the basis of the staff report, Norman Bates is judged, restored to sanity, and is ordered released forthwith. What about his victims? Don't they have any say? Can you restore them? Madam, please sit down. This matter is being represented by the district attorney. Your Honor, my name is Mrs. Lila Loomis. I have a petition here signed by 743 people against Norman Bates' release, including the relatives of the seven people he murdered. Doesn't that give me the right to speak out? Has the district attorney advised Mrs. Loomis about her rights in this matter? Yes, Your Honor. I explained that her petition had no effect on these proceedings. You explained to her that this hearing is Why a matter of law, not a Don't motion. Don't you realize yes, they're going to release a homicide Mrs. Loomis, I'm going to ask you to sit down or I'll have the bailiff remove you from this courtroom. If you have any further questions, please discuss them with the district attorney after this hearing. Why bother? It's all too obvious. Our courts protect the criminals, not their victims. Now, Lila Loomis was the sister of Janet Lee's character, right? Yes, because she does say that uh, her maiden name was Crane. Uh, Crane. Yeah. So Marion Crane in the first one, she would have been. Uh, sorry, what was her first name? Lila. Lila. Yeah, Lila. Lila Loomis. Yeah. Which was confusing me because Sam Loomis is Crane's lover in the first one. Oh, is uh, so did she just Marian... swoop in like pull a Hunter Biden and just kind of swoop in to her sister's lover and then get married? Or was it the other way around, and uh, Lila was married to Sam, and then Sam was hooking up with the sister? I don't know. I thought, I didn't think she, well, I <laughs> I doubt it. It's very strange either way. It seemed like she just kind of swooped in after <laughs> her sister died. I got to say, I, I empathize with Lila's, you know, uh, grief and all that stuff but mm-hmm. she's going about it the wrong way yeah she's a real piece of work <laughs> yeah especially when she just starts murdering people <laughs> <laughs> or does she <laughs> that's right or does she it's uh unclear but uh yeah so uh judge says all right uh norman's free to go he uh he can go back home and uh says, well, he was never convicted. He was not guilty by reason of insanity. So him and his, uh, his psychiatrist, Dr. Uh, Bill Raymond, played by Robert Loja, mm-hmm. head over to the, uh, the old Bates estate. And when they get there, they see somebody in the window, right? Or at least Norman thinks he does. Yeah. Is that I think Dr. Uh, Bill Raymond doesn't see someone in the window until later. Yeah. That's what after Mary moves in. And uh, he's got his bag of groceries with his cereal and his saltines. Got some bread in there. Make some <laughs> toasted cheese sandwiches. It's just sandwiches and milk. 
I'm just I, sitting down to have some supper. I have sandwiches every day, <laughs> all day. <laughs> at, at what point in movies did they stop drinking milk with everything? Because I noticed, especially in older movies, like from the 60s and earlier, mm-hmm. it's real common for characters to sit down with a glass of milk. Yeah, especially uh, in this film. And then also, I was uh, I watched the movie Foul Play for the first time. It's from 78. I don't know if I've seen that one or not. It's with Chevy Chase and uh, Goldie Hawn. So definitely, no. definitely didn't see that. <laughs> But it's a it's a comedy, but it's also an homage to like fifties film noir or forties. Yeah, and uh, there's a series of I guess quote unquote traumatic things that happen to Goldie Hawn's character, mm-hmm. and Chevy Chase is always calming her down by boiling up some milk for her, <laughs> like the powdered, con- like condensed milk. Right. Like here's some drink that, and then it's off to bed. <laughs> it happens like multiple times. Uh. Milk is the calming substance in the in the film. I, the one that sticks out for me is uh, singing in the rain. There's a scene mm-hmm. in the middle of the movie where they're all sitting down. I forget what they're doing. They're like waiting for to hear about news or something, and they're just, just sitting there drinking milk. <laughs> <laughs> it also helps uh, Happy Gilmore's grandmother uh, fall asleep. <laughs> you will go to sleep, or I will put you to sleep. But at some point, the milk lost out to soda and juices and alcohol. Yeah. But uh, there was a long time where grown-ups were just drinking milk at the table. <laughs> it was either that or whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> whiskey was like a, you know, like a... Maybe, maybe beer, but... Like between uh, between meals treat. But when it was time to sit down and eat, here came, here came the, the milk, uh, you know, gallon or whatever. The milk jug. Those uh, glass bottles from the milkman? Yeah. Why do all your, the kids look like the milkman? Oh, wait. So, and then Dr. Raymond makes a point that uh, there's been cutbacks, so we can't have a social worker come out and look at you. But uh, we reconnected the phone, and you can call me anytime. Mm-hmm. So, I guess if... They didn't make cutbacks. None of this stuff would have happened because the social worker would have came and checked on them. I don't know. It seems like it was uh, just just a throwaway line. The Loomis mother daughter combo were pretty adamant that it was they were going to make it happen. Yeah. And it spoilers for Mrs. Spool slash Mrs. Bates. <laughs> um, it seems like she was going to insert herself anyways. I was trying to think, where did Mrs. Spool show up? Did she show up at all before the, the end of the movie? At the diner. She works at the diner because she says... Uh, or is that Myrna? Myrna is a different character. No, I thought it was Mrs. Spool because she says... Uh, she talks about being Christian. It's the Christian thing to do to you know forgive and forget. Okay. Because he was wondering... you know, Were there two old ladies that worked at the diner? No, I thought it was Mrs. Spool because I figured she was actually the one putting the note on the spool while he's working. Yeah, and then possibly. when when he says, you know, somebody, you know, left me a note over there. Somebody's playing a joke. It's the old woman and then Mary, you know, and they can't find the note cuz I think the uh, Mrs. Spool took it and hid it after Norman saw it. Let's see if I can figure it out. Cuz I might have confused Myrna for somebody else. I don't even know who Myrna is. 
Myrna was one of the waitresses. Okay, yeah, she was the uh, the other one that was. She was the other waitress that wasn't Mary. She was a brunette. Ah, uh, okay. Looked to be uh, around the same age as Mary, maybe a little older. That's where I got confused because I thought Myrna was the old lady, but yeah, that was Emma Spool was the uh, the one that insisted that he gets hired. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's you're, a Christian thing to do. You're right. But anyways, um, so Norman's settling in, and uh, the phone rings, right? Mm-hmm. He goes upstairs, and the phone rings. Is that what happens? Well, before we get to that, I think we have another clip here. This is uh, after Norman's, I guess, first night at the diner, and he leaves, and Mary's on the phone apparently no, with her boyfriend. No, this is before he goes to the diner, because this oh, okay. is the first note he sees okay. underneath the phone at his house and what does it say again and it says uh norman i'll be home late fix your own dinner love m and then uh there's like it seems like a flashback right because he he starts hearing his mother's voice yeah and he gets drawn towards her uh her bedroom and uh i did see a note in the uh, imdb trivia there's a shot of him in the doorknob, the reflection of him in the doorknob, mm-hmm. and it looks younger, but it's actually a, uh, it's his son, Oz Perkins, huh. to get the effect. So it gives the effect of a flashback, right? Yeah. But then he opens the door and it's all, you know, covered in sheets and stuff and there's mm-hmm. nothing in there. Yeah, that's right. So he's like, chalk it up to, uh, you know jitters or whatever it's not real but yeah this is where he goes to his first day at the diner mm-hmm. meets mrs spool meets uh mary he covers for her after she uh drops some glassware some she dropped a pie plate <laughs> yeah. and there's a knife on it mm-hmm. and norman's like mm, kind of want to pick up the knife <laughs> probably shouldn't and mary's a real fuck up Right, she's on the phone with her boyfriend all the time. I think she said that was like the twelfth dish she broke, like in the past week. She said she'd worked her four days. <laughs> four days, and <laughs> she broke twelve dishes. <laughs> so, and she don't show up on time. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we find out that her boyfriend kicked her out, dumped her over the phone, and uh, I think this is where we get to the next clip where. She's looking for a place to stay, and uh, Norman, trying to be a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Hello? Hello? Bastard. You all right? Of course, I'm all right. Where are you going? Into town, though. Will you please leave me alone? You're going into town, you're heading in the wrong direction. I, I don't know what happened, but uh, why don't you let me call you a cab? Why? Why? So you can get home safely. I don't have a home. No home? I've been living with my boyfriend for over a year, and all of a sudden, he tells me we're through. And then I just phoned him to ask him why, and he wouldn't tell me. All he'd say is that I couldn't come back to our apartment. Well, what are you, what are you, what are you going to do? Call a friend in town, I guess. See if somebody will let me crash with them for the night. What about your parents? Uh, couldn't you stay with them? They're in Portland. 
And they don't care what happens to me anyway. Well, I own a motel not too far from here. And you'd be welcome to uh, spend the night in one of the empty rooms if you'd like. FOC, of course. What? Free of charge. Oh. But no, that's very nice of you, but I don't want to impose. You wouldn't be imposing. Co-workers ought to help each other out, don't you think? Is that why you covered for me today when I broke that pie plate? <laughs> yeah. I figured you'd get into more trouble for it than I would. You're not kidding. I've been working there four days, and I've broken a dozen dishes already. You sure it's all right if I stay at your motel? Oh, absolutely. Come on, let's get going. It looks like rain. F-O-C. Why don't you just say free of charge? <laughs> is, that a, is that a common saying back in the 60s, F-O-C? Or the, even the 80s? Well, he's been locked up for 22 yeah. years. Maybe the 50s even. But he was getting, uh, you know, care free of charge <laughs> <laughs> while he was at the, in the institution. That's true. And neither of them has a car, so they got to walk to the motel yep. with, the, with the storm coming. This is where we meet uh, Mr. Warren Toomey, played by Dennis Franz, who's been appointed by the uh, state to manage the motel in Mm -hmm. uh, Norman's absence. Oh, boy. He's something else. He's uh, he's running a different kind of motel than uh, the Bateses were. Yeah, basically uh, a motel that you rent rooms by the hour. Come here to party. You do whatever you want, pay by the hour, and then get out of here. <laughs> so Norman, he finds some drugs. He finds some paraphernalia. You know, he's like, oh, I'm going to get you a room. Mm-hmm. Make sure you have fresh linens. I almost gave her number one. <laughs> <laughs> that was the uh, that was the peep show room. Mm-hmm. Marion Crane room. Yeah. So he. Uh, Marion Crane suite. <laughs> So he gives her, like, number six instead, and he comes back, and he's got some paraphernalia, and he's like, what do you call this? And Toby's like, I don't know, drugs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got a clip from that. So you want a room? No, it's already getting me one. Thank you. You're with Bates? Well, uh, you must be Norman Bates. I'm Warren Toomey. Mary? Why don't you go up to the house? The, the front door's open. Is something wrong with the room? No, j- just, 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 just go up and wait for me, okay? Look, it doesn't well, matter. Just do as I say, okay? She's pretty cute. Where'd you find her? What's this stuff? Say it was drugs. What about the occupied cabins? Is that what's going on in there, too? Yeah. Well, this town. If it isn't the parents, it's the kids. I caught a couple of them screwing in the basement of your house up there last week. Of course, I threw them right out. Can you believe that? <laughs> what kind of a motel are you running here? The kind that makes money. People come here to party. They stay a few hours, and then they leave. What more are you going to ask from a motel so far from the beaten track, huh? You're fired. 
Hey, you can't fire me. I was hired by the hospital board. The state has no claim on me or my property anymore, and neither do you. I want you out of here tomorrow. Yeah, well, why don't you try putting me out, Mr. Wacko? Hmm? I'd like to see that. I won't have to. I'll just go to the police. I'm sure they'd be very interested in what's been going on here, especially the drugs. Tomorrow, Mr. Toomey, and don't rent out any more rooms in this motel. No more. At least my customers have a good time. What'd yours get, Bates, huh? Dead, that's what they got. Dead, murdered by you, you loony! I like how he just doesn't give a shit. He just calls him a loony, <laughs> <laughs> psycho, and crazy, just all to his face. He's just always yelling at him. Yeah, Dennis Franz <laughs> tended to play these types of characters in the early 80s. I can think of a few different examples. This is before he started playing cops all the time. Yeah. Then Blowout, he's a... I wouldn't say he's a... Not a pimp, but he associates with ladies of the evening and drug dealers and and whatnot. Hitmen. I don't remember. I've seen that movie, but I don't remember specifics. Yeah. And then... God, what else is he in the early 80s? I forget. There's just another one I was thinking of, but uh, one thing I wanted to ask, I'm not sure if I missed something. Was there a reason that Norman needed a job? Why the hell does he have to go work at this diner? He's got a fucking motel. <laughs> I I think they just wanted him to uh, be social or be, something. Yeah, but, probably. Have but more... he could have done that at the motel, wow. interacted with people. And he wouldn't have to use a knife to work. <laughs> well, it could be that the hotel is, uh, you know, triggers too many memories and uh, is more likely to get him to uh, relapse. You don't and... want Norman Bates to get triggered. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want him to kind of like relapse back into his old state of mind by being around the old environment, which is kind of weird where they just kind of drop him off at the house too. Like, oh, okay, yeah. now you, you live here. But he does quit the diner pretty quickly. And then just like after, you know, he fires to me, he's just like, oh, I'm just going to clean this place up and run this. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> like, hey, guys, I had an idea. I own a motel <laughs> and I can make money off of that. So I don't really need to work at a diner. But I assume it was more to like reintroduce himself to the, you know, the community and be more social and, uh, that with the hopes that that would kind of quell his demons where like he can see and interact with real people as opposed to being by himself all the time where yeah. he starts manifesting, you know, these other personalities. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Mary stays the night. She stays upstairs. She puts the, mm. the chair under the door, <laughs> under the, the doorknob. Norman sleeps on the couch. Yeah. Nobody can sleep in mother's room. No, absolutely not. I'd just rather you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) There's a nice little scene in there, too, where they're eating sandwiches and milk. And she's like, don't you have a knife? (laughs) Nope. No. No, I didn't didn't bring any cutlery. And she's like, oh, let me look. And then she goes and she's like, oh, here's a big ass fucking knife that 
you know first and, drawer she opens and she just hands it to him he's like here you cut my sandwich and he's like you sure about that yeah, she's really uh like she didn't know who he was and then she's like oh yeah myrna said you were locked up in the mental institute because you killed a bunch of people <laughs> so, here's a knife so i'm not hungry anymore sorry <laughs> <laughs> but uh they get through the night no problems uh norman heads into work the next day mary comes in late she had left early in the morning she had to go get some dresses or something at the store i don't yeah. know she had to go into town and uh norman's cutting up some lettuce and uh, uh he's calling out orders to the cook who kind of runs the place yeah dennis franz strolls in old to me <laughs> and he's he's had a couple <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has. <laughs> he sets, sets himself down in Mary's section, and he's as soon as his ass hits the seat, he's wondering why he's not getting service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a clip here. This is some of the exchange between Toomey and Mary, and then also uh, Norman's going through the orders, and he finds a note from yeah. his mother calling... Uh, Marry a slut. Was to say, get that. Don't let that slut sleep in the house again. Don't let that little whore in my house again. Love, mother. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the clip. What's the like? What's what like? Screwing a psycho. <laughs> Would you mind removing your foot? Turkey sandwiches on a whole wheat toast, one BLT, hold the mayo. I'll get the tomatoes, Mr. Statler. Hey, I suppose you didn't spend last night alone with them in that house, huh? You got strange tastes in men, honey. Just because two people sleep under the same roof doesn't necessarily mean they've made love. Since when, huh? Or are you the kind that doesn't uh, kiss and tell? You really want to know what Norman's like? Yeah. Better than you'll ever be, fat boy. Cut it out, Toomey! Norman? Are you talking to me, wacko? Come on. Come on! Come on, huh? What's wrong? That's beautiful. Go on, psycho. Pick it up. Come on. Pick it up. What's the matter? You lose your nerve, huh? Or do you only attack women, huh? Go on. Pick it up. Show us what you really like. Come, come on, loony. Ah, look. Not only is he crazy, he's chicken shit, though. What's the trouble, Warren? Trouble is that cycle you hire. It's the last time I eat here. <laughs> well, I'm sure that's a lot of business they're losing. <laughs> not, not only is he not only is he crazy, he's chicken shit too. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why are you antagonizing this guy? Yeah, there was a knife and a, a cake that was right by the door that Norman kind of looks at, but it was like coconut cake. Gross. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. But he, 
you heard in there he's he when he read the note off the uh the little cylinder thing where they keep the orders he uh he hit the fryer yeah and he splashed it all over the cook's arms mm-hmm. and uh and then he he thought Toomey wrote it right so yeah and then uh yeah you get that little nice exchange Toomey fucking fearless yeah so you know after you've seen it you know that spool is the real mother and all that yeah and you know what mary's been doing with her mother the whole time mm-hmm. so who do you think wrote the note Oof. you think it would have if there's already a note when norman first gets to his house i think you got to think that mrs spool has been doing it the whole time i think the notes were probably maybe the notes were spool and then the uh I don't know, because they were making phone calls, too. Yeah. Spool could have been calling from the motel just as easy as... Because we know that you know, Mrs. Loomis did make some of the calls, at least. Well, we find out at the end that some of the calls, if not all the calls... Well, I take that back. Some of the calls were being made from the attic of Norman's house. Because Raymond goes up there and he makes a call downstairs. Doctor? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because he first he well he calls from the uh, the motel parlor. Because I'm in the motel parlor. This is where the calls uh, are being. This is where the calls were placed. Okay, I got confused though because he he makes the call and then uh, we'll get to it. But Mary goes up the stairs and he just pops out of the attic at her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Anyways, I don't know. It could have been any of them. Could yeah. have been Mrs. Spool found out about the uh, the plan, and then she's like, "Okay, I'm going to get in on that." Or maybe, maybe after uh, maybe Mary placed it, and then after Norman started talking about that, then Mrs. Spool is like, "All right, I'm going to you know we got to get some uh, work done here. Let's get to it." So now you're alleging that Mrs. Spool was in on it with the Loomises? Not necessarily that she was in on it, but maybe she found out that that's what they were doing, and then she's like, on her own, like, I'm going to do that too. (laughs) (laughs) I really want to fuck up my son. Good. (laughs) Well, you know, she spent a lot of years in the the, uh, institution herself. Yeah. So we find out later. Uh... Let's see what happened after that. Uh, they basically, they get back to his place, and Mary talks about how she was proud of the way uh, Norman handled himself. We have a clip from that. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to mention? No, the only thing is Norman kept saying that there was a note there, and they couldn't find it. So yep. whoever placed it also was able to dispose of it. Either that or he threw I think he might have thrown it in the, the fryer, in the oil. When he uh, hit the the thing, hmm. but it's gone and nobody believe everything. Everybody thinks he's just hallucinating. Why don't you take the afternoon off there, Norman? <laughs> yes, please. I was there. I'm telling you. Please get away from my customers. Hi. Hi. Is that offer to room with you still open? Oh, sure. Great. What happened? Oh. You know my girlfriend, the one I told you about? Yeah. Well, her boyfriend sleeps over almost every night. 
Do you know what it's like trying to sleep in a one-room apartment when a couple's making love five feet from you? Noisy? You're not kidding. Well, I thought you were wonderful today. Why? The way you handled that Toomey guy? What an asshole. I could have killed him, and you were so cool. No, I don't uh, kill people anymore, remember? <laughs> oh, here. What's this? Fudge. My grandmother sent it to me. She makes great fudge. Well, thank you. What about that note? You figure out who sent it? That was just a practical joke. Yeah, I guess so. I thought it was kind of funny that she shows up with just a kilo of fudge. It looks like she's <laughs> carrying just a kilo of drugs around. It's fudge in this tightly packed aluminum foil. <laughs> I don't kill people anymore. Remember, this is one of my favorite lines. Mm-hmm. This just drops it in there. It's like he's got jokes just all of a sudden. Like, ha, 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 ha. I better laugh or he's going to fucking murder me. <laughs> <laughs> so based on the way she plays it i almost think she plays the note now i don't know it's hard maybe they were doing the notes and some of the phone calls and then uh mrs loomis or uh, mrs spool was just kind of snooping around i was gonna say you know you know mary couldn't have at least placed the first note in the house because she wasn't even in there yet yeah so you'd think it would be spool however you could say that well, it was probably Lila. Lila could have been in there before they even he even got to his house. Well, I think they they had been in there because they set up the the dress in the basement, mm-hmm. and then they they set up the stuff to uh, decorate Mother's room that one time. And Lila's a widow, so she used to take uh, new lovers there on the weekends, <laughs> just like the kids. <laughs> That was the most disgusting place to have sex. <laughs> this is fucking gross. Here's this gross, <laughs> like, 40-year-old mattress that's in the cellar. And it's like... Lays it on the ground, like, here. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> lived there. Go. Nobody has lived there in over 20 years. <laughs> and it has not been cleaned or kept up. <laughs> like, they're having sex 10 feet away from a big pile of coal. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> You're just stoned. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see what happens there. Oh yeah, then we get the uh the psycho two showers <coughs> shower scene. Mm-hmm. With the uh the old peephole. Yeah. But uh Norman's downstairs playing piano. Mm-hmm. So it couldn't be him, could it? Yeah, I was surprised that Mary would even notice the peephole. It was hidden pretty well. Yeah, I forget how she figured it out because there was like, I think, I think she somebody... heard something, and then she well, was I, looking. I think there might have been like a light on in the other room or something, okay. and it kind of shone through. And she's like, "Wait a minute!" And she caught it in the, a glimpse in the mirror, mm-hmm. or she saw somebody's eye go by and it like changed. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah, and then Mister Toomey. Comes to get his uh, stuff out of the office at the uh, the old motel. And uh, while he's doing it. <laughs> Just letting you know that I, I came to clear my stuff out. Woo! 
<laughs> Start yelling hey, shit. Hey, psycho! <laughs> hey, loony! <laughs> but uh, Norman gets a prank call, and he thinks it's Mr. Loomis. But, Mrs. Loomis? Uh, not Mrs. Loomis, Mr. Sam Toomey. Sam Loomis is dead. Toomey. Warren Toomey. But Toomey, he gets killed by Mrs. Bates. So it couldn't have been him. At the time, we're probably thinking it's Norman. Mrs. Bates, question mark. (laughs) And then uh, we get a surprise visit from Dr. Bill Raymond. Yep. Came a day early. Heard you quit the diner. (laughs) But he's being constructive. He's painting the the motel. He's painting it by hand with a small brush. (laughs) Yes, he is. (laughs) That is a time-consuming, labor-intensive way to paint the, the motel. Well, he's got all the time in the world now. I guess. And, I, assume, uh, I assume he had many interest-bearing accounts mm-hmm. working for him while he was in the uh, institution. Yeah, the doctor asks about Toomey. Norman says he fired him, and he took off yesterday, right? Yeah. Uh, let's see. That's where the doctor finds out that he's been getting calls and yeah. notes. And he gives Mary a, a ride back to the diner to get some more inf- intel. And then he heads straight to the sheriff's office. We have a clip from that. Him and the HSIC. <laughs> so what can I do for you, doctor? Well, thank you. Are you familiar with the Norman Bates case? Very. I was deputy here when... Sheriff Chambers arrested him years ago. I reread the file when I found out he'd been released. So, what's the trouble? Bates dressing up as his mother again? <laughs> no, nothing like that. Although Norman says that somebody has been leaving notes and making phone calls claiming to be his mother. Well, people. So, what do you want me to do about it? Put a tap on his phone. Sorry, Doc. I can't do that. This is Fairville, California, not Washington, D.C. But I can check around and see who might hate Norman enough to do something like that. Anything else? You could keep an eye on Norman. I have been. All right, Sheriff. Here's my card, in case you should need me. Oh, there is one other thing. Yeah, of course. What? He's got a girl living with him, uh, Mary Samuels. She works at the diner. And I'll check on her, too. Thank you, Sheriff. Anytime. You know, it's kind of nice having a a horror movie where the police department isn't a bunch of goofs. Yeah. Like the sheriff knows what's up. Like basically from the get go. Like he knows Norman's not the one killing people. The one thing I thought was a bit out of character for the sheriff. immediately after doctor walks out right here, I don't think I've ever seen a person attack a sandwich (laughs) like he did. It was fucking ridiculous. Half the sandwich was gone in one bite. It was, yeah. He, he, he chills down to that fucking thing, and then it cuts away. But it's like... They made sure to linger till they get that that huge bite out of the sandwich. And it's like, it, there's nothing else to it. Like, they could have cut before that. They could have just yeah. like, as soon he as... He walks out, he's like... And then <laughs> looks down a sandwich and just starts eating. Because, like, Raymond walks out, and they could have cut right there, but then they turn back to the <laughs> sheriff, and he's like, <gasps> <laughs> There's so many fucking sandwiches in this movie. 
I wonder if there's a, a deeper meaning to all the sandwiches. Yeah, because even when uh, <laughs> Norman is calling out orders to the cook, he's like, uh, two turkey sandwiches on wheat and uh, BLT, hold the mayo. Just a fucking sandwich, 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 sandwich. It's like that old sketch on SNL. Cheese by God, cheese by God, cheese by God. It's too early for a cheeseburger. The only thing missing from that scene with the sheriff was a tall glass of milk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right after the cut, he probably took out like one of those cartons, <laughs> a little milk carton. Uh, so you know we have that scene, and then we're back at the uh, at the house, and uh, Norma notices that the door is ajar on Mother's room, and so he. He cautiously takes a look, and god damn it, if that room isn't fully decorated like it was 22 years ago. Yep, great looking bedroom. Dresses in the armoire. <laughs> there's, a, there's a note on the bedside table. What does the note say? It says, uh, Norman, get rid of that slut or I'll kill her. <laughs> <laughs> Mother. It didn't say love mother this time. It just said mother. She's <laughs> losing that at our house she, again. She's love losing mom. her patience. <laughs> Get rid of that slut. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so Norman's he's freaked out, but you know he adds up to the attic because he hears something in the attic, right? Yeah, that's why he goes to investigate, and then he gets locked in from the outside. Mm-hmm. Somebody, uh, yeah, locked the door from the outside. Yeah, and this is where we get, he just gives up. He just, you know, he looks out the window a little bit. Nobody's out there, so he just, some stuff. Yeah. In the meantime, this is where those two kids come in. <laughs> you slide into the the, uh, the cellar. Yeah. Need to put a lock on that. They, they go yeah, through the window. Yeah, they though, go through the window. But there's a door there that uh, is wide open. Yeah, the deputy's like, you should get a lock on this. That, <laughs> They're gonna, people are going to rob you blind. <laughs> <laughs> to steal all your coal down here <laughs> that Lila Loomis has been using the whole time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they start uh, they start uh, going to work, and uh, they hear something in the next room, and there's uh, Mrs. Bates again, maybe, allegedly, <laughs> and she stabs the shit out of the the, the uh, teenage boy. Mm-hmm. The girl makes it out, yeah, and uh, she heads over to the sheriff. And while he's on the way, Mary shows up and unlocks yep. the attic door. And Norman Norman was taking a nap. Yeah. You know, so he doesn't know what happened. He's like, I was locked in the attic. Of course, when he, he and, gets up, the door is unlocked when he goes to, you know, open it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Mary's like, there's no lock on this door. Did you know that? <laughs> he's like, but it was locked. So we get Sheriff uh, Hunt. And uh, Deputy Poole coming yep. to pay a visit. And uh, Well, Norman, <laughs> we got a girl down at the precinct. <laughs> she claims that her boyfriend was killed by a large woman dressed in black. Know anything about that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So they go check the cellar, and it's clean, 100% clean. Yep. And uh, they're like, well, who did this? Norma's like, I haven't been down here. Mary takes the rap. She's like, I cleaned it a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. 
Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. All right. And then uh, she <laughs> gives for me. Then she gives Norman an alibi. So she's we've been walking in the fields all week, all afternoon. Yeah. What do you mean walking in the fields? <laughs> what fields? Well, there's nothing but fields around there, isn't there? Yeah, but there's walking other people's property, walking through people's farm. There's, farmland. There, I don't know. There's nothing out there. Yeah. So, that's good enough for the sheriff. This is uh, she must be a little high, you know. We'll uh, we'll make sure that she knows that we looked. Uh, we'll check for her later, or for her boyfriend later. Yeah, our next clip is uh, with Lila talking to the sheriff at the uh, station. Lila just happens to be hanging out at the sheriff's station waiting to see what happened to this teenage boy. <laughs> she is just asking to get arrested. <laughs> She's like, words out. <laughs> words all over town what he did. So do you think Lila committed this murder? Because Mary yes. says she doesn't know who did it. Yeah. Because Mary was taking all the decorations from the bedroom back downstairs. Yeah, I really don't think Mary could have done it. I think it has to be. Um, I think for sure it's not be Mary because somebody came and cleaned it up, and it wasn't Mary. Yep. So I didn't think it was Lila because I think she just wanted to pin this, at least you know, one murder on uh, Norman. Unless you could say she's watching, but she could have been watching from the window because the girl's at the window. Well, it could have been too. That uh, well, I don't know. So how, how Maybe else would she, she have seen it unless she'd done it? Well, she she said she heard about it around the neighborhood, so I don't know how the word got but out. But she's convinced that he's dead, and it's a it's a boy. And within six hours, everyone knows a, a boy has been murdered in his basement. It's very uh, suspicious. Yeah. All right, here's the clip. Sheriff Hunt? Yes? I, I'm Lila Loomis. I, I used to be Lila Crane. Oh, yes, of course. Oh, what a coincidence. I was just thinking about you and Sam. How is he? My husband is dead. I'm sorry. Well, what brings you back to Fairville after all these years? Norman Bates. Where is he? He's out at his motel, I suppose. Why haven't you arrested him? What for? For murder. It's all over town what he did to that boy. Mrs. Loomis, I can't arrest a man without proof, especially one with an alibi. What alibi? There's a girl staying out there with him, and she says that he was with her at the time the murder took place, if there was a murder. Oh, well, what do you mean, if there was a murder? Well, what I mean is that I am not convinced that anybody was killed. There's no body, no corpus delecti. So let's just wait and see if the boy comes home tonight. Have you dragged the swamp yet? What? The swamp. That's where he dumped his victims the last time. Have you dragged it yet? No, ma'am. Well, then I suggest you start before there are more murders. Unless, of course, you want it on your conscience. What's her problem? I don't know. But if Norman Bates is crazy, there are a whole lot of people around here running him a close second. Yeah, I know that she would know the details of the case from when her sister died and whatnot. But I think that's some other evidence that she might be behind one or more of the murders. Go drink the lake or the pond. Yeah. 
That's where they find uh, Toomey's body in his trunk. I think they do find the boy there later, too. Yeah, I wasn't sure if they found more than one body in that trunk. Or well, I don't think Toomey. they were in the trunk, but I think they dragged the, the swamp and they found other stuff, too. Mm. Um, but it's so suspicious that she's there so quickly yeah. after everything that happened and she kind of knows all the details what do you mean he wasn't murdered <laughs> i saw it with my i mean it's all over town <laughs> it's all over town but yeah so uh from here we get uh mary's going to the uh the motel office what was she getting out of the motel office i don't remember i don't remember either she's gonna go check on the phone or something i don't know yeah, I'm not sure, but she's uh, startled maybe, by her mother. Yeah, maybe she got another, uh, Norman got another phone call, and then she went to see if it was Toomey or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I forget. But yeah, and then Lila just pops in. Got a clip from that, too. A lot of clips today. A lot of important scenes. Why did you lie to the sheriff and say Bates was with you this afternoon? Mother... What are you doing here? Go back to the hotel before you ruin everything. Answer my question. Why did you alibi Bates? I didn't alibi him. Don't lie to me. I talked to the sheriff. Why did you do it? Because Norman couldn't have murdered that boy. Why not? He saw me in the window like we planned. Then he went into a room and saw the stuff. Then, when he went looking for her, I locked the attic door behind him. He was trapped in there for hours while I took everything down the back stairs. So you see, he couldn't have done it. What difference does it make? We want him recommitted. This would have done it. Mother, he's innocent. Innocent? He killed your aunt, didn't he? Not to mention the six other people. Mother, that was 22 years ago. Mary, people don't change. He must have gotten out somehow. Mother, I was wrong. I don't think he drilled that hole in the bathroom wall. Of course he did. Mother, listen to me. I think there's someone else in the house. Don't be stupid. It's just Bates up to his old tricks again. It can't be, Norman. He isn't like that anymore. Maybe if you knew him now... It's just that he is trying so very hard to do what's right, to keep his sanity. And it hardly seems fair for us to be doing what we're doing to him. You're as crazy as he is. We'll talk later. Norman needs me. Norman needs you? A psychopath needs you? Look, go back to your hotel. We'll talk later. He'll kill you. You know that, don't you? He'll murder you just like he did all the others. I know it's entirely possible that Mrs. Spool could have committed all the murders in here. Yeah. But I do think they provide at least a good bit of evidence that Mrs. Loomis could have at least killed one person. So she's seems like she's willing to do anything to get right. Norman locked up again. Well, and then, you know, in this scene here, she uh, she puts on a pretty good uh, act. To, to act like she doesn't know who did it. Mm-hmm. So that it kind of swings you the other way. Like, you know, the previous scene at the sheriff's office, like, well, if she didn't kill him, how did she find out all these details? <laughs> and then in this one, it's like, well, she wasn't even in the house. How could she know? 
you know, who did it. But yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a real who done it. <laughs> and then, kind of from here on out, Norman starts to really fucking start uh, going off the deep end. And we know this because his piano playing becomes much better. <laughs> the songs he starts playing become harder and harder. Is that how it goes? Yeah. Um, but yeah, he uh, he goes in the bathroom and he notices something with the, the toilet. And it just overflows with blood. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty gross. And he convinces himself that he blacked out and he killed that kid. Yeah. But Mary tries to tell him, no, 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 it wasn't you, it wasn't you. And she almost spills the beans. Because he says he used to black out for the murders and whatnot. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she she kind of gives up some of the plan and some of the stuff, and uh, but not everything. Uh, and I think she's starting to lose control of him. Mm-hmm. But she's got a gun. Mary yeah, she does. Mary's got a gun. Uh, and this is where she finds the other side of the peephole in Mother's room because there was somebody else in there checking in on Norman and Mary in the uh, in the bathroom. Yeah, and she checks uh, Norman's downstairs. Yeah, Norman starts hearing his mother's voice again, and he freaks out. Uh, he won't let Mary go downstairs, but eventually they decide to lock themselves in Norman's old childhood bedroom for the night and uh, Mary tries to comfort him I think we got a clip for that what are you doing Norman Norman put the knife down nobody's gonna come in the door they're not huh no Yes. I'm becoming confused again, aren't I? Of course not. Don't lie to me. Not you. Yes, Norman, you are becoming confused again. Don't let them take me back to the institution. All right? Don't worry, Norman. I won't. You smell good. I do? Yeah. What do I smell? smell like like the toasted cheese sandwiches what and my mother used to bring me when i was in bed with a temperature she used to do lots of nice things for me before she went before she became Shh. just remember the good things she did for you only the good things i can't they're not there anymore of course they're there no the doctors took them all away 
along with everything else. Except, except those sandwiches. This is kind of the most unintentionally hilarious <laughs> scene in the movie. But like the toast and cheese sandwiches. <laughs> More fucking sandwiches. More sandwich talk. It's only meal talked about or eaten in this movie. It seems kind of strange that that's the uh, the connection there. Is toasted cheese sandwiches. <laughs> they uh, they make it through the night, uh, and then Doctor Raymond comes back. He's he's making a lot of visits to mm-hmm. the old Bates estate, and he uh, he lets Norman know what's up with the Loomises. Yeah, and that Mary is Lila Loomis's daughter, and they're the ones that are fucking with him. And yeah, this clip here is this. Uh, re- Read to the clip where he calls from the motel parlor? Not yet. Okay. But uh, Norman says, no, it can't be them. It's my mother. Mm-hmm. No, my real mother. Yeah. You know. Uh, so uh, Dr. Raymond says, well, she's dead, and I'm going to prove it. Mm-hmm. As are dug up. <laughs> Which is kind of an odd scene. Yeah, it's funny because it, it's at least the second time her grave was dug up. <laughs> <laughs> Norman did it the first time. Because <laughs> they dig her up, and then they pop open the gasket, and then he's like, see? Like, okay, that's Mrs. Bates. I see it. And then they just, that's it. That was the, the whole extent of exhuming her body. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, uh, Mary is trying to get in touch with her mother, Lila. Hits her up at the motel, or at, not at the Bates Motel, but at the hotel that she's staying at. And they start arguing loudly about how they're <laughs> fucking with Norman Bates so that everybody can hear. And uh, yeah. Mary wants to give it up, but mm-hmm. Lila says, we got to get her. We got to get him. So we see Dr. Raymond following Lila as she tries to make a uh, another phone call. And then we get uh, the swamp scene where uh, Sheriff Hunt calls for Norman Mary to come to the swamp with them. Mm-hmm. Take a look at what's going on. And he just lets Norman go. Yeah. <laughs> and then Mary hangs around and he's like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Even though- I thought you said the, uh, the local police weren't inept in this movie. Well, <laughs> I think he's more suspicious of Lila Loomis than Mary. Yeah. He he probably thinks that Mary is just a patsy. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah. He's like, "Well, we'll let you know if we need to arrest you later." Which <laughs> <laughs> kind of in the way now. But he does he does say, "I know that, you know, who your mother is and all that stuff." So, yep. it's kind of weird. I guess he he just knows they're not going to run. But uh at this point, Lila sneaks back into the basement. Gets her uh, her little dress out, except for another Mrs. Bates comes and stabs her right in the mouth. Yeah, well, you said Lila. You mean? Yeah, you said yeah. It was okay, Lila. Lila. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's one of the uh, better kills you'll see. Because it comes, it goes right out the back of her throat, through her mouth. Yeah, like a knife goes through her lower jaw, 
the front of her teeth and then yeah comes out the, out back, the back of her, of her neck. Head. Yeah. Which it's was a pretty, pretty cool effect. Pretty sweet. Probably by far the most violent kill in the movie. Yeah. Um Yeah, and so Raymond had been uh, following Lila. Mm-hmm. He went in through the back kitchen door. And by the time he gets downstairs, uh Norman's got to start locking his fucking house. <laughs> Well, yeah, he says, you know, the front door's open. Yeah. <laughs> He's got no locks. <laughs> yeah, so uh, by the time Raymond gets down to the basement, Lila's been put away, <laughs> and Norman's back, and he catches Raymond downstairs. Mm-hmm. And nobody has coal all over their hands from putting Lila in there? No. No, they don't. Um, Yeah, and this is where... Norman starts going on and on about how Mrs. Bates only took care of me. My real mother was someone completely different. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so this is where we get the phone call from uh, Dr. Raymond to Norman. All right. Here's a clip. Hello? Norman, this is Dr. Raymond. I just found Lila Loomis's car parked down the road. I'm calling you from the motel parlor. The calls that you've been receiving from your fictitious mother have been placed right here. Lila Loomis has used this phone to call your house. Yes, I... I understand. Mother? Norman, this is Dr. Raymond. I've been waiting for your call, Mother. Lila. Lila. She's hung up. No, Mother. Mary's still here with me. I like her. No. No, of course not. Not as much as you. another theory that I've been thinking about this one would dictate that Lila Loomis kills everyone except for herself herself <laughs> uh, no, the doctor of course yeah and then Mary Mary yeah well Mary was killed by the cops but I mean um, Mrs. Spool because oh, right. yeah you know he gets all these calls from his mother we, you never once hear her voice, I don't think, on the other end of the phone. No, it's and, always him responding. And oftentimes it's after somebody's hung up and he's just talking to himself. Yeah. So it's possible that every one of those phone calls was just him kind of, you know, slipping into, uh, or I guess reverting back to his old ways and just talking to himself. And this theory would also posit that, well, you know what? Mrs. Spool was just a sweet old lady that wanted to reconnect with her son. <laughs> and then he hit her with a shuffle. Because <laughs> he wanted a dead plaything around right. the house. Yeah. <laughs> but somebody had to be making those phone calls. Because the yeah. phone did ring. Mm-hmm. He wasn't calling himself. Yeah. So maybe it was Mrs. Spool was actually calling. 
and then like she's getting disconnected or something <laughs> and or she got cold feet she like, called and then he picked up and she's like oh no I, he answered i don't know what to say i'm gonna hang up mm-hmm. and then he starts talking to himself yep uh so many possibilities i gotta believe mrs spool killed uh lila though could it have been norman I'm forgetting where I'm trying to place him at the time of that murder. Well, he was on his way back from the swamp. Okay, well. <laughs> swamp he, isn't too far away from the house. Well, he got back after, because the murder happened, and then Dr. Raymond showed up, and by the time he showed up, everything had been cleaned up and covered up. Mm-hmm. And then Norman That was a note I wrote down. I was like, they cleaned up that basement in like two seconds. <laughs> It's very quickly. There should be blood everywhere and fucking coal everywhere. They got her up. Who the culprit is that has coal all over their body? They got her under the coal pile, except for there's one piece missing over her face. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so Mary starts freaking out. Because Norman could have seen um, Lila dressed up as, uh, or trying to dress up as his mother, and, like, saw his mother, killed it. As soon as he sees his real mother at the end. Kills her right away. Mm-hmm. Sure you don't want a sandwich? <laughs> Bang. Yeah. <laughs> Just a sweet old lady. But, she does seem very nice when they're having dinner at the end. I, she does. But, uh, yeah. Nothing like the notes. Nothing like the you know phone calls. Although we don't know what she's actually saying on the phone calls. If she even called at all. But it's implied, too, that she was locked up for the same reasons that Norman was. Yeah. Because she had the same she had issues, but... kind of problems. Mm-hmm. I think she also did say just like a short while, so she didn't like murder seven people. Well, I think she said she went in when he was one, and then yeah. by the time she got out, he had just gotten in. So they kind of missed each other. Okay. But should we... Uh, kind of wrap up mary's story and dr raymond (laughs) (laughs) so mary she's freaking out at norman talking to himself on the phone so she tries to go on the other end and it had worked before where she could talk on the other end and pretend to be his mother and kind of talk him down tell him to hang up the phone yeah and it wasn't working and so she puts on the full dress and wig grabs a knife and what the fuck, but Mr. Uh, Dr. Raymond pops out of the back stairwell, and he gets stabbed right in the fucking chest. Yeah. Takes a header over the railing, and uh, lands chest first with the knife in there, <laughs> just sticks it even deeper. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, they all end up in the basement. Uh, Norman's coming after her. She's slashing his hands and his chest. And it's all defensive wounds, though. Yeah. I mean, with his hands. But he isn't, I mean, I'd be freaked out, too, if I was her, but I wouldn't necessarily say that he's attacking her or planning to attack her. Oh, I don't know about that. He was uh, in a, quite the trance. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, he wasn't armed, though. That's true. She's the one with the knife. <laughs> Just like his mother. But he, he had definitely hit his breaking point. Yeah. And uh, so they end up in the basement and, uh, you know, just in the nick of time, the cops show up and put some bullets in Mary. <laughs> yep. They get, uh, they get Norman. 
They just, you know, Norman's at the station getting patched up. They get the statement from the dude at the he hotel. Got up, he got cut about a dozen times. Yeah. There. They get the statement from the dude at the, the hotel that overheard Lila and Mary. They get the statement from the deputy that shot the guy. And then uh, Norman's free to go. Yep. And, uh, you know, he shovels some coal in the furnace. Says, I'm going to take my shovel upstairs. <laughs> yeah, I was watching, like, why are you taking your <laughs> shovel upstairs? <laughs> and You uh, find out why later, of course. And then Mrs. Spool comes for a visit, wants to reconnect with her uh, long-lost son, I guess. Yep. Here's our last clip. Mrs. Spool. Hello, Norman. Come in. I was just having some supper. Nothing much, but... Would you like to share my toasted cheese sandwich? Oh, no, thank you. It's uh, Miss Spool, actually. Oh. You were expecting me. Well, I was... I was expecting someone. I just wasn't sure when. Tea? Oh, please. The name Spool doesn't mean anything to you? No, should it? It was Norma Bates' maiden name. The woman you thought was your mother was my sister. I had you when I was very young, out of wedlock. I couldn't handle a brand new baby. Especially uh, being by myself, I... I had some trouble and the state put me away for a while. That's when Norma took you in. You were less than a year old. Too young to remember me. She never mentioned me, did she? No, she, uh, she didn't. I guess she didn't want you to know you had a mother who wasn't quite right. But we know all about that, don't we, Norman? After I got out, you'd already had your troubles and been committed. I decided to wait for you. And then when I saw what they were trying to do to my poor little boy, I couldn't stand it. So I followed them. And one by one, after all, you're all I have in this world. You sure you won't have a sandwich? Pardon? a couple things she basically comes out in the midst to killing everybody yeah and then uh so he knew so at least a couple of those phone calls must have been from her 
telling mm-hmm. him that she was his real mother, and not all not all of them were from Loomis. Yeah. So, because he says, "Are you really my mother?" So he kind of knew the story beforehand. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the shovel shot was fucking great. Yeah, the way they filmed it. It's almost like, how, how'd they do that? Because they got an old lady just get whacked over the head with a shovel. <laughs> There's no cut, and they show it make connection. Mm-hmm. So I don't know exactly how they did it, but it looks amazing. Yeah. And then they uh, he drags her upstairs to go to mother's room, where, uh, you know, then he starts doing the voices again. So nice little bow on that. Get yeah. us back to where we started. Yeah, he's back to just carrying his dead mother around the house, <laughs> having conversations with himself. Good stuff, though. And it's uh, the first time you watch it. Hopefully, you've watched it before you listen to this episode. But I, for me at least, the first time I watch it, like you are really kind of. Trying to figure it out the whole time. You don't know what's going. You don't know if it's Norman. You don't know if it's Mary. You don't know if it's Lila. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know, Mrs. Spool just kind of shows up and you're like, oh shit, maybe it was her the whole time. So I thought they did a really good job of kind of keeping you guessing. Yep, it's a fun sequel. It's worthy. Want to get into some fun facts? Yeah. All right. Hey everybody, here's some fun facts. Here's one. Meg Tilly was never allowed to watch any sort of television as a child, and so she had never seen the original Psycho and was unaware of its significance. Maybe that's also so, why she doesn't know how to act. She's <laughs> never seen anyone do it. She didn't. So it goes on. She didn't understand why the press was giving all the attention to Anthony Perkins for his comeback role in this movie. <laughs> and one day on the set, Perkins overheard her say, why is Tony getting all the attention? And so Perkins was upset, and he didn't talk to her during filming and recommended that she be replaced, even though half of her f- scenes had already been shot. <laughs> so Meg Tilly put some respect on Anthony Perkins's name. Here's a fun fact. Uh, one of the producers originally suggested Jamie Lee Curtis to play Mary Loomis uh, because she was the daughter of Janet Lee. Yeah. And she was successful with uh, Halloween. Mm-hmm. That w- would have been uh, interesting, but I think this was right at the time that Jimmy Lee was trying to get out of horror films. Yeah, Terror Train was right around 82. Yeah, I could see that. Halloween 2 was 1980. Plus, I could see her not wanting to... You know, the fog was ra- 80 or 81. Yeah, I could see her not wanting to ride on her mother's uh, coattails either. Yeah. Kind of make a name for herself. Here's a fun fact. Uh, they used the original house set and the motel was reconstructed. Here's another fun fact. Quentin Tarantino has stated that this is one of his favorite films and that he prefers it to Psycho. I think I did hear that somewhere, but... Is this one of those things he talks about a lot? Yeah. Different, like, you know, favorite movies and whatnot. And he always has a a bunch that he talks about. This is probably one of his hot takes. <laughs> well, like I mentioned at the, the beginning of the episode, I kind of feel the same way. Yeah. 
but probably for different reasons. I assume yeah. he probably saw Psycho a little more fresh than I did, and uh, you know, probably wasn't ruined for him. Uh, not necessarily ruined for me, but mm-hmm. it uh, it would have been probably a lot better, in my opinion, if I had not known all the things that I did going into it. Here's one. When Mary Loomis walks into Mother's room, there is a silhouette of Alfred Hitchcock on the sheet reminiscent of his silhouette at the beginning of his TV show, Alfred Hitchcock Presents. I, I didn't see that. I missed that. Yeah, I missed that too. So I'll pay attention next time. Uh, when Anthony Perkins was ambivalent about the film and leaning towards passing on returning to play Norman Bates, rumors flew that Christopher Walken was going to be cast in the lead <laughs> role and the film would be a TV movie event. However, Perkins eventually agreed to star in the film. Uh, in the DVD commentary for the movie, screenwriter Tom Holland was asked if Walken had almost become the new Norman Bates. He said he could not confirm or deny the reports and immediately began talking about an unrelated subject. Mm. Here's a fun fact. Meg Tilly expressed that working on the film was her worst experience due to Anthony Perkins and Richard Franklin being very difficult to work with. Seems like it's maybe the other way around, <laughs> so, looking at her filmography. It sounds like she was a real jerk. Yeah. Uh, so writer Robert Block published the novel Cycle two, Psycho 2 in 1982. Uh, The plot of the book is very different than the feature film. It has Norman Bates escaping the mental institution and traveling to Hollywood, California to stop the production of a film based on his life. Mm. Universal Studios was reportedly upset by Block's take on the horror film industry, and this led to the development of this 1983 film sequel. So it was a big uh, fuck you to the the novelist. Here's, uh, Here's one. Lee Garlington, who plays Myrna, also produced the handwriting of Mother's Notes. There you go. But not our character. Yep. Real life shit. Here's another fun fact. Uh, So there are three characters that reprise their roles from the original Psycho. There was Anthony Perkins as Norman Bates, Vera Miles as Lila Loomis, and Virginia Gregg as Norma Bates. Hmm. Which I don't, Norma Bates, I don't know if she had much of a role in this one. <laughs> Did you see, uh... Did they just put her in the casket? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Did you see that uh, Tom Holland made a cameo? He's Deputy Norris. I see that. Yeah. I think he's the one that shot Mary. Yep. I think so, too. All right, I think that's enough fun facts. I think so. Anything else you want to add? Well, I just want to say, you know, if you didn't know this movie existed before and we if got you, you to know, watch it. now you know. If we got you to watch it, you're welcome. I hope you enjoyed it. What would you rate it? I give it eventually. I can't remember if I rated it on the show before. I might have gave it a soonish. Okay. Because it's pretty. You have that right. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to go back in the archives. Take a look. <laughs> But I, I think I did rate it on the show. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, next film we're going to do is It Comes at Night, which will be dropping sometime next week, along with a recently seen episode. 
where Brett's going to tell us his thoughts on Antichrist. <laughs> Probably Joker, too, because I'm going to go see that this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try and see it, too, I think. But, uh, yeah, we got several more horror episodes coming your way before the end of October, so stay tuned for that. Otherwise, uh, it would be great if you could help out the show. You can subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and many other podcast apps. You can email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. You can follow us on Twitter at watchthis__movie or Brett at PositivelyWolf1. And you can check out our website at WTMWatchThisMovie.com. And Brett, where can people go if they really want to support the show, maybe give us a little money for some merch? Well, yeah, you're not just handing us money for nothing. You mm-hmm. get something cool in return. Yep. If you go to Teespring.com slash stores slash WTMWatchThisMovie, we got a promo code. It's horror. It's ten uh, percent off. So that currently is only working on two <laughs> items. It's the yep. the uh, Mister Positivity design and then the uh, graffiti design. And I found it today. So Teespring said we had too many items for each design, mm-hmm. and so I thought I had got gone in and deleted a bunch of stuff. And it removed it from the store page, but when you click on one of the designs, it pops up and it's like, yeah, we still have all this shit that you can pick from. Because apparently I can't actually delete it. I have to ask Teespring to go in and delete them for me. So <laughs> I'll try to make a, a list of stuff for them to delete. And then uh, hopefully uh, once that happens, the uh, promo code will be working for everything. Yeah. But yeah, just uh, follow us on Twitter for more updates on that. Other than that, we will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking check about? Check you later. Check you later. <laughs> hey, man, you off my case.